This is Ken Ferry with this week's Boots in the Field. A couple things I want to address this week that we're seeing out there, and one is uh, harvest loss. As this corn and soybeans are drying down, we're uh, starting to pick some fields in that 12-13% range. And something I've noticed as we're working on taking these plots out is the harvest loss behind the combines is climbing uh, and is climbing too fast meaning that uh, we've been in fields where we've seen as much as 10, in one case almost 15 bushel of corn on the ground. Um, your your goal here, of course, is to keep your harvest loss in corn at two bushel or less, so maybe a one bushel at the header loss and one bushel at the thrashing end of it itself. Um, two kernels in a square foot equals a bushel, so be looking behind these combines. If they were clean when you're cutting the 23% corn, you get in the 12 and 13, it may not be as clean anymore. So again, you're going to be talking about slowing the header speeds down, uh, making sure your deck plates are you know no wider than they have to be in that part, and yes, it's probably going to take slowing the combine down in some cases to uh, eliminate some of the shatter that we're seeing at the head and some of the ear loss as well that's coming out there. Um, ears flipping out of that out of the combine head itself, but don't don't leave it out there in the field. The soybeans the same way. We want to keep our loss below three percent. So we're talking about uh, sixty-five bushel beans. It should be two bushel or less. Four beans per square foot equals a bushel. And remember, 80% of our harvest loss in soybeans comes at the head. So we're talking about slowing the speed of that combine down, make sure those sickles stay sharp itself. Uh, But most of it is going to be, again, at your harvesting moisture, which you're working with, and the speed you're trying to push the combine at itself. Margins are too tight out there to leave any of this corn in the field if we can help it. If you guys don't know what to do with the extra money uh, from the harvest loss itself, just send it my way. I got two kids in college. I can burn it up for you. Uh, we are seeing a new disease in the corn uh, that we haven't seen before. Actually, it hasn't been actually uh, cited here in the United States until this fall, uh, actually late summer, but it's called tar spot. And it looks like spots of oil or tar on the corn leaf itself. So it'll be black blotches and they're going to be slightly raised out there on the on the uh, leaf so you can feel them. But they're going to be pretty noticeable in look. So it's not like the black antracnose speckling that you'd see. This would be larger speckles and it would literally look like oil or tar on the leaf itself. We've found it in cornfields now from Tuscola to Streeter to Wyoming, Illinois. So it is uh, widespread. Hybrid plot we're in the other day, it definitely is hybrid sensitive, meaning that some hybrids had it and other ones didn't itself. Now there's two types of this disease. One is kind of more of a nuisance disease. The other one can do uh, some pretty substantial damage, depending on the parts of the world where it is, in this case mainly Mexico. Not sure how it got here. Uh, The Department of Ag is trying to figure that out as well. They're also trying to figure out how widespread it is and what types we have. So we've been collecting leaves from these spotted plants uh, to take down to the uh, plant clinic to get it verified which one, if it is tar spot, and which one of the tar spot diseases is it. it. So if you guys are seeing the symptoms, I'll try to get Isaac or Brad or Zachary, one of them, to to put a picture up on our website so you can see uh, what it looks like itself. You're seeing that on the corn leaves. Pull a few of them off and... and, uh, hold them back for us and we'll run them down with the other ones that uh, we're collecting right now and try to get a handle on just which disease it is that we're seeing. 
We're also seeing a pretty big explosion of soybean rust in the southern states in the last 30 days. A lot of fields have showed up uh, with uh, the disease being diagnosed in the field itself. Looks like it's probably going to be too late to do enough damage to the crop down there. They're pretty farther along in the harvest, that type of thing, but it is being uh, picked up. So I want you guys to watch those ponds, those ponds that were replanted, uh, and they're going to need a frost to get ripened, so they're going to be green out there for a while. Watch to see if you see any of the soybean rust or potential soybean rust show up in those fields. And if you see anything that looks like rust, let us know. We'll come take a look. I want to track this and uh, see how far uh, north it gets uh, in this situation and uh, kind of give us a heads up for as we watch the winter and we know how far the disease got, what issues might be for next year itself again it won't be uh, an issue in this crop but we're just curious to see where it does end up if it makes it up here like it did about four or five years ago um, in the field itself another issue that we're getting a lot of phone calls on and actually looking at and that's what to do with these tracks or ruts out there from the wet spring that we had uh, in the field itself and we're talking about you know, spraying the soybeans and cutting ruts in the fields or even the side dressing. You know, the side dressing, we saw a lot of ruts being cut in areas and we saw pinch rows show up from the side dress applicator, that type of thing. Now, you guys that are complaining about the tracks and the ruts in your field, but you're combining clean bean fields, you got to keep that in mind because there's a number of them, fields that didn't get sprayed and we're choking through massive amounts of water, hemp, and mare's tail right now, or we're putting in harvest aids to get it combined. So the, on the flip side, uh, while the ruts are not exciting, if your fields are clean, at least it uh, kept them in check, kept the weeds out, kept the weed pressure down itself. Of course, we do have to separate what's a track and what's a rut. Just a wheel track out there is fairly easy to work with, and freezing thawing will help us. But those ruts that or anywhere from four to eight inches deep, that's a different problem in itself. First, you'd have to step back and say, what is your regiment? What's your practices? Are you no-till, strip-till, vertical-till, conventional-till, that type of thing? If you guys that are in the fall tillage program, these ruts aren't going to be that big of an issue for you because you're going to be doing tillage anyway to take them out. But if you're running inline rippers in the bean fields and you've got uh, four-inch tracks, you're going to need to run those rippers at a slight angle. If you run with the tracks, they'll slide up and through the machine and right back down, and you won't change it much. If you clip them at a little bit of an angle, uh, you're going to shatter that wheel track out of there. It is going to be rough. You're going to see some rough areas in the field where the wheel tracks were, but as we've been setting some of these rippers uh, at a slight angle, it looks like we're doing a pretty good job of eliminating that 4-inch uh, uh, rudder track out there. If we're talking about 8-inch deep ruts, um, that's just too much for an inline ripper. So at that point, you're going to have to start thinking about bringing in a chisel plow. Now, you may not want to chisel the whole field. It may only have 8-inch ruts in patches in the field or the side hill seep and stuff. So you go out with your chisel, fill those ruts in, and then you can go back to inline ripping the field itself. If we're talking about corn stalks and you're uh, going to chisel the corn stalks, and put soybeans in there next year, of course, the chisel itself is going to take care of it. And you don't have to necessarily run the chisel at an angle uh, because it will take those uh, ruts out and it will fill those ruts in, but usually it flows a little bit better at an angle itself. <clears throat> Again, if we're, if we're in a tillage program, it's not too big a deal. 
Um, again, you guys that are no-till or strip-tilling out there on the first part, uh, it shouldn't be as bad because we don't get as many ruts or, or tracks, I guess you would say, in the no-till because that ground is firmer. But we still have some of those areas of side hill sleep, seep and the low ground where we uh, do have ruts cut into it itself. Now, if they're just four-inch ruts to tracks with the strip-till, of course, your strip-till bar will handle most of that, and you'll be in pretty good shape. But an eight-inch rut, a strip-till machine is not going to be able to handle. So here again, my recommendation is probably go out into those spots and chisel those ruts in before you start your strip-till pass and then just strip-till through it itself. If we're no-tilling out there, especially if we're no-tilling ahead of corn, then that creates a little bit more of an issue um, again, you might be able to go out there and take care of the deep ruts uh, in the spots, do your chiseling, and then level that field up with vertical tillage and no-till into it. But if the ruts go from one end of the field to the other, again, if they're four-inch ruts, I'm probably going to tell you to take the inline ripper, hit it at a slight angle, and try to lift them out of there. If they're deeper, and we saw one no-till field the other day that's six to eight-inch ruts from almost one end to the other, um, that's probably going to have to, again, put the chisel in there to take care of those situations. Now, the question was asked, could I go out there and just chisel every 90 feet where the ruts are from the sprayer tracks and leave the rest? That's possible, um, but you got to remember that where you chisel, uh, next year when you no-till the corn in there, the chisel streaks are going to be bigger and taller because corn runs off a of soil temperature and it's going to create an uneven-looking field. If you can live with that uh, part of the equation then uh, probably nothing wrong with it. You'll also have to uh, be conscientious of how you set your planter when you move from no-till to the tilled strips. Here again, you might be better off to go out there and, if you want to and chisel the uh, ruts in every 90 feet and then turn around and inline rip that field at an angle, level it back up, and then move into no-till after that itself. But think about your seedbed. Now, the good news is, compared to other years like 2009, this is a, this fall is dry enough. We can do some really good tillage and get the shattering in, and it looks like we're going to have time to get this done so we can fit these fields that got in trouble uh, and get them in good shape before next year so we're not fighting this in November or December or trying to fight it in the spring like we've had in the past itself. As we continue to take these plots out, yields are still hanging in there. Uh, seeing a lot of beans now as we move to the north <clears throat> in that 45 to 55 bushel range. Corn in that 160 to 190 range. Uh, again, depending on the amount of water damage you have in the field in itself. Starting to get into more and more of the water damaged area. And that is tagging our yields. But again, coming in, I guess, more what we would expect itself. So with that, keep it safe. Keep the hammer down and we'll talk to you next week.